Anyway, it's my absolute pleasure, well, pressure, to welcome back the man of the moment, Steve Vines. You How are liar. You? <laughs> I'm lying, OK. Fair no, no, but the thing is, I've, I've been away for two weeks and I, I, was, I, was, I was sitting in abroad thinking, well, you know, Carrie Lamb's in charge. She's got an unbroken track record for sorting everything out. I'll come back. Everything will be solved. Everything will be peaceful because she's really good at it. And then I woke up. And I was surprised you didn't see her in Italy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, today, as he's been away for a couple of weeks, and obviously there's lots to talk about, we, we are right now on Facebook Live. Just go to our Morning Brew page. You can write pretty much what you like up there. Love to hear from you. That song uh, was just quite coincidentally placed by me, Horse to the Water, from Jules Holland and George Harrison. Uh, t come on, Steve. Um, and we already have a, an email from someone who signs him or herself... Anorak, which I'm guessing is not the real name, but hey, no, that's be. that's because I'm a brilliant investigative journalist. An I've worked that out. Thrub, the he, famous says, <laughs> he or she says, Jockey Club cancels a Happy Valley race meeting because of threats related to one horse being part owned by one person who shall remain anonymous. I'm adding that. Called <laughs> Junius Ho. Clearly, common sense does not rule. Have the racing community lose out to an evening's entertainment, reduce the profit contribution to the profit uh, to the jockey club nest egg that funds significant charitable ventures, jeopardise the integrity of Hong Kong in the eyes of the racing world and the world at large, or scratch the darned horse from the meeting and do it early and publicise it so the protesters have no course. Absolutely no sense or pragmatism. Perhaps they were wanted a night off. I don't think so. I think what we're talking about here, uh, and let's be clear what we are talking about, is it, 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 it's co-owned, not even entirely owned, by the odious Junius Ho, friend to triads in Yun Long, who, um, who goes out of his way to provoke, to be fair. I don't think he would uh, disagree with that. Um, so there was some talk on social media, which apparently is quite common in Hong Kong, who knew, um, of, of launching a protest. But what was so interesting about what, this? What was there? Was there? I, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if it's just like a bit of gossip, carefully placed, no who, plan who, to do who, anything, who knows? and I boom. Mean, who knows? I, yeah. Honestly, who knows? But the fact of the matter is that, remember, horse racing does actually occupy quite a big central part oh, squillions of, of, dollars, of, of Hong Kong life. Yes. Uh, there was the famous Deng Xiaoping statement before the handover saying you know dancing girls will dance and the horses will carry on racing uh, it was one of the things that that was in his mind as characterizing hong kong so now you're saying the price of protecting junior's ho is going up exponentially by the day but what what really interested me there was an interview on this very radio station so, must be true. so no n not only must it be true but obviously i was listening to it last night with uh, ronald Kelly, who was a former chairman of the jockey club saying, oh, well, he said, oh, well, you know, there was going to be a gathering in, in, in Causeway Bay and that presented a problem. What amazes me about establishment characters like Ron Arcully is they have such, how can I put it, such um, dislike. Imagination. No, I was going to say <laughs> dislike for the people of Hong Kong, that they assume that every time Hong Kong people get together in numbers, that's problem inherently problematic. What he didn't mention was that this gathering was actually a football club supporters. Yeah, and, radical. And, and the idea that football club supporters should say we're going to ditch our differences and attend a, a, a meeting in Victoria Park in support of Hong Kong. I mean, you know, as the great football manager 
once said, you know, football isn't a matter of life and death. It's much more important than that. You know, this is a big thing for people in, who support different teams to come together and say, that ain't the main thing. We're going to gather in Victoria Park and express, say, we're putting aside our differences as, as club supporters. We're supporting Hong Kong. To me, that isn't threatening, dangerous and potentially lethal. That's a Sounds good like a good thing. night out. It's a good <laughs> night out, apparently. And, 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 you know, they did really violent things like sing songs. Let's, you heard about singing songs? No. On, on, a, on a Wednesday. Yeah, on a Wednesday. Wait, wait, it was, it was go, a dry Wednesday. Let's go to our Facebook feed here. <coughs> Sorry. Um, it's yeah, right. I've that's got me him, coughing. I've got, I've There's got, a live cough. I've got him live this morning um, on purpose because he's been away for a couple of weeks and sometimes it's worth doing this. Um, I've got a comment here from Susan. Thank you. Susan's posted her comment on our Facebook page. Love you to do the same because then it's instant. So Susan says, my solution, a judge-led inquiry, start up the process for universal suffrage again, amnesty for both sides after which any violent act would be prosecuted after which she says uh, this is not against the rule of law the police benefited from an amnesty for their ill-gotten gains after the icac was set up it's a valid discretion carry on regardless must resign says susan and i do believe susan actually professionally knows what she's talking about well she, she, it's interesting that she points out the precedent for this which indeed is um in the 1970s when when the icac was set up and there was, let's never forget this, all this pompous talk about how the police upheld the law. At that time, there was a police revolt. I mean, the police were threatening to, to, history, to besiege yeah. Government House, to, to um, abandon their posts. There were massive police demonstrations in favour of corruption. What they were saying is... Or in favour of not getting caught. Well, in favour of not getting caught, but that amounts to the same thing. And the compromise that Murray McLehose, who was then the governor, um, came to was said, right, OK, I can't see how we can solve this. It's not great, but what we're going to do is draw a line. We're not going to prosecute you for your or ask for your ill-gotten gains. If you bung us a brown envelope. <laughs> if you no, but seriously, we're not going to prosecute you, but the line has now been drawn. That's it. Party's over, boys. You can't be having the, uh, um, the station sergeant distributing the brown envelopes of a Friday night. That's over. We're not going to prosecute you for what happened before that. And they went back to work. There wasn't a siege of government house, etc., etc. Now, the situation is so desperate at the moment that you need a bold initiative. And what do you have? And what do you have? You have Carrie Lamb saying, oh, I'm launching a dialogue. Now, when I launch the dialogue, let me make it absolutely clear that the demands of the protesters are not going to be met. That's her precondition for the dialogue. Oh, and by the way, mm -hmm. by the way, she says, um, you know, they can speak about anything they like, except for the topic that they want is, <laughs> is, 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 <laughs> well, apparently you can speak about it, but she's not going to listen to any, any comments about the topic that everybody wants to talk about. So, you know... And then she gets in a former bureaucrat who's also a former cop to run this dialogue exercise. We had the first meeting uh, in her communication drive yesterday. Oh, what's going to be on that? I haven't heard district. anything. Well, that was interesting. So this was really interesting. So she invites, you know, all the district councillors. I think something like 97 of them turned up out of 400. But, you know, first of all, those meetings even if she did have some intent to make them useful, aren't going to be useful, there's far too many people. They were all allowed to speak for three minutes and apparently she just sat there and didn't say anything. So, you know, Carrie Lamb 101. But what was really interesting 
is a number of pro-government people very prominently in district councils declined to attend because yeah. they've suddenly realised oh. that being near the site of toxicity, which is the um, chief executive in name only, the CNO, as I like to call her, is a very bad idea. So they went, whoa, we ain't going anywhere near that woman because we think our chances of re-election in November are, have gone from zero to minus zero if we, if we give the smallest indication. Tell that me about that. Do you, do, 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 what do you think to that notion? It's logical. I, I, it's think, logical. I think the chance of um, the pro-government camp doing well in the November elections is, is out there with Junius Ho's horse winning a race that hasn't taken place. Honestly, it ain't going to happen. They're going to be in a very bad position. Why are they going to be in a bad position? Because despite all this talk of them, the silent majority not liking the protests, the silent majority being in support of the government, all of this is utter and complete nonsense. There is a very significant minority, I certainly don't deny that, there's a very significant minority who are opposed to the protests, who, who, who think that the Chinese government is the best thing since sliced bread or Mao Zedong. And there are a lot of people who will take that to extremes, as we've seen in the beating up of protesters, etc., etc. All of that. But they are not a majority, and they couldn't possibly <coughs> be enough people to keep the seats and that certainly all not of the pro-government people have. I mean, you know, even in my area, in Sai Kung, where, where district elections has been a non-event, they're not going to be a non-event this year. No. They're, they're, there's all sorts of people have indicated that they will contest them. So if even in the rural areas where the pro-government camp has just taken the elections for granted, they're going to have a battle this year. And it's very interesting. The, the, the crooks are falling out among themselves. So you've now got, of course, when I say crooks, I use that term uh, non-judgmentally, uh, non-specifically, but it does come to mind that you've now got, for example, the Hung Yi Cook getting very annoyed with the DAB, the Democratic Alliance for Betterment of Themselves. It's supposed to be made. Um, who, 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 you know, were hand in glove. But, but the DAB suddenly realised that supporting the Hung Yee Cook and their land grabs isn't perhaps the most popular thing on the planet. So the cook is now saying, you know, you support them uh, and carry whoever you are, the Sino, you ain't got our support. So, you know, they're fighting amongst themselves as well of of course, fighting against the Democrats, fighting against the protesters. So, you know, where are we with all of this? What's interesting about the dialogue is there is actually a model, <coughs> and it's very recent, of, of a government besieged by protests, mm. making a genuine attempt at dialogue, and that happened in France. Now, Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, uh, was criticised for not being sincere, for putting on an act, but he said, look, I'm going to go around the country. I'm actually going to listen to the protesters. Carrie Lam won't have meetings with Democrats, so she won't even listen to protesters. You know, if they shout at me at the meetings, so be it, we'll have them. But before the meetings were held, he did the thing that you need to do if you're in government, is make a substantive gesture, which was he withdrew the fuel tax that had been the cause of a lot of these yellow vest protests and said, all right, here's a major concession. Now, Carrie Lam thinks that withdrawing the extradition bill, which incidentally she still hasn't done. I mean, people seem to think that it's been withdrawn. It hasn't. It's still on the <coughs> waiting list um, for action by Legco. Anyway, withdrawing the, the extradition bill 
i.e. meeting one of the five demands of the protesters, is going to be enough. And everybody said, well, it just isn't. It really isn't. If you want to do something substantial, as uh, Susan said in her um, message just now, at the very least, you've got to <coughs> institute <coughs> excuse me, an inquiry into the events surrounding these protests. And the very interesting thing is this. By the day, by the day, we hear from government spokesmen, from police spokesmen, that they have acted within the law, that they have not exceeded their authority, that they have been maintaining law and order. If this is so, why are they so vehemently opposed to the idea of an independent investigation into their activities? Now, if you want that investigation to spread further and look into these allegations of foreign interference and all, all, all that much stuff, well, why not? Mm. I mean, I'm, I think that's perfectly okay. If they can find evidence of that, good luck to them. But if the evidence doesn't exist, um, it will be judged accordingly. If it turns out that <coughs> the police behaviour in the past three, four months has been beyond reproach, so be it. And if it turns out that it hasn't, I mean, then, just then logically there have speaking, there to be repercussions. That's yeah. how it works, you know. That's always how it works. That's the point of having an independent investigator. It's got to be credible. You can't do what Carrie Lamb always does. It says, I will find one of my old mates in the civil service or someone who I've known for years and years and get them on the job. That's just not going to work. All right, hang on a second. Do join us on Facebook Live for, for, for one of his rare occasional visual visits. Uh, Steve Vines, Morning Brew is the page, and that is where you can pop your comments. We've got quite a few people watching at the moment, so it's uh, lovely to have you along. Michael, Susan, of course, uh, Steve and Kevin, and the list goes above the page. So... This is where you can do it. All right, Steve, what we're going to do is very soon go to the news, a couple of minutes. I'll keep it running, and we'll just carry on straight afterwards. Anyway, that was the public service announcement. That was the public <laughs> service announcement. So, I mean, while all of this is going on, we now know... This is, these figures are quite extraordinary. We now know that, uh, as of Monday, 1,459 people have been arrested... The police have fired off more than 3,000 rounds of tear gas, mm -hmm. more than almost 600 rounds, well, or 558 rubber bullets, etc., etc. And that of the 1,459 people who have been arrested, only 201 have actually um, been charged and appeared in court. Mm -hmm. So you've got these mass arrests you've got this increasing use of force and if you were in any way logical you'd say has that quelled the protests the answer is no it hasn't it hasn't worked and you never ever solve a political no, it's problem fueled them it's by fueled the looks them. of it <coughs> what it has done it's it, it it's made the protests more violent we've seen that rather obviously it's made the protests smaller in what way is that a solution? I, I simply don't get it. Now, if people have acted unlawfully, well, you know, <coughs> something must be done about right. But, you know, that's the whole point of having a court. You, mm -hmm. you, 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 you have to go to a court. Right. You can't just keep arresting people at this rate and not charging them. You know, like this Baptist University uh, student president who's been arrested now twice. Yeah. For obviously no reason, because no charges were brought. Well, there's always a next time. 
There's always an exile. <laughs> I like the, the the last time he was arrested. He was he's arrested for carrying an offensive weapon during the um, uh, uh, <laughs> during the Mooncake Festival, which he said. Uh, he used to cut up mooncakes. It was a sort of domestic knife. In a really nasty way. Yeah. Right, we're yeah. going to have to stop Viciously and go to the news. cut up a mooncake. <laughs> uh, frankly, mooncake, though. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. going to have to go to the news in a second. Uh, Steve's not having a conniption here. We've actually got a building site next door. Radio 4 is being done over, and today's dust day, isn't it? It really is. So we apologise for that. Anyway, I've got a really cool thing from Stephen to read as soon as we finish doing this. Stick around, join us on Facebook Live. Morning Brew is the best. <laughs> And we're back, except we haven't been anywhere. I've got a little comment here on our Facebook page here from Stephen who says, Steve looks like he needs a holiday. Lovely shower curtains in the background. Are you filming in his shower or yours? Cheeky. 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 Oh, should we ban him? Ban him. You're He's banned. banned. You're banned. listening to Radio 3. Even though a very fine name. I know. One of the best. <laughs> one of the best names a in... PH Stephen, too. A PH Stephen. Hey, hey, he doesn't get better than that. Join us on Facebook Live if you want to join in. Morning Brew is the page. Off you go, then. Shall we go for Light Relief? Go on, then. So, Light Relief is the government sends around a tender to try and get international public relations firms. Oh, to, this is to, a cracker, to, isn't it? It is a cracker. To, to, to um, uh, you know, to tender for, for uh, launching a worldwide campaign to boost Hong Kong. Incidentally, message to Hong Kong government. Do not put Pioc. adverts... <laughs> do not put adverts in international papers saying everything is all right in Hong Kong. Because that says, in red letters to anything reading it, boy... Things must be serious if they have to put an advert in the paper saying everything's all right. So they they, they, they tried this. That was all on their own initiative. Ah, oh, bless them. They did it all on their own. They didn't even have PR agencies to do it. They put uh, adverts in, in, in papers like the Süddeutsche Zeitung, etc., etc., saying everything is all right in Hong Kong. Here's, here's how it works, boys, in the government information department, if I may just offer a bit of advice. When things are bad, don't highlight it first by saying, first, you know, I mean, Britain is in a great mess at the moment over Brexit. You don't see them putting <laughs> adverts in the Süddeutsche Zeitung saying everything's fine in Britain, in case you were wondering. But anyway, so they put out this tender to all these PR companies. Eight of them immediately said, Whoa, we're worried about our own reputation <laughs> if we ya. get involved. Two said they were interested, then had a thought about it and went, oh, we're not. So the government, bless them, then said... Ah, oh, well, this really isn't the right time to launch a global uh, PR campaign. Why did you put out the tender in the first place if you really thought that? I mean, you know, they can't get their own stories straight. But, you know, it's it, 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 it's not serious. It's just stupid. I'm just, just I'm just puzzled what a PR company can actually do to solve this one. I can't help thinking of something like, there's Rome <coughs> in flames, and all we hear is how wonderful Nero's violin is and yeah. the lovely lacquer on well, it and everything. I, I, think, I think even the dimmest PR, and trust me, there are some very dim ones, must have worked that out for themselves. Well, yes. You know, uh, fiddling, Rome burning, etc., etc. It... it, it it, it, it ain't going to work, is it? Stephen says, after you read my first comment, Steve suddenly looked gorgeous and 25 again. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's a very perceptive fellow, He's, I have to say. Right, he Gosh. can come back now. He can come back. Yeah. He's unbanned. It was, He's unbanned. It was just a yellow card, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Right. Uh, once again, Morning Brew page. That's where we are. You can put your comments up there. You don't have to be too careful what you write. So let's be hearing from you. What do you want to do? So, so now we're in a situation, and this is a bit serious. Um, I mean, well, everything's a bit serious, to be honest. But... Yeah. We're coming up to um, 
October 1st, the 70th anniversary of the uh, Communist Party victory in the Chinese Revolution. And um, there will be enormous parades in Beijing. They're talking about 100,000. Dictatorships love parades. I mean, it's a real big thing. Security is being tightened throughout the nation. Across the way in, in, in Guangdong, apparently, security is being tightened to, to a very large extent. People are being told to spruce up their houses, put out flags, etc., etc. In Hong Kong, there will not be a fireworks display. That's very symbolic. It is very symbolic. And that's symbolic. already a massive well, face I mean, we, we had, uh, um, I heard the word unprecedented it's used about that. It's also good for the environment, it, it's not. Steve. It's good for the environment. It's not unprecedented. They also cancelled the fireworks during the uh, umbrella protests. So there, there is a precedent for this. And you know what's going to happen. They'll have a flag-raising ceremony in Bohemia Square. There will be more cops there than you've had hot cups of tea. I mean, the police and you, force And you here, think the protesters don't realise that. <laughs> and somehow they think that there won't be other protests going on. So how is all that going to play out? I think Stay because, at home that day. because the Chinese Communist Party as I say, like all dictatorships, is very, very obsessed by events. I mean, you know, by, by what they call landmark events and the celebration thereof. And because the um, there will be this enormous mobilisation in, in Beijing of, of people to support these celebrations, they're going to be very unlikely to be doing anything in Hong Kong before October 1st, because that even to the dumbest cater in Beijing, is not going to look good. What worries people, and I think it's a justified worry, is what happens afterwards. Revenge. You know, Hong Kong will be the only part of China, and let's never forget it is a part of China, the only part of China which clearly will not be celebrating the victory of the Communist Party 70 years ago, will have big demonstrations on that day. I mean, incidentally, on National Day... For, for years, there's been big demonstrations in Hong Kong. It's a public holiday. It is a traditional day of protest. But, of course, the atmosphere, the circumstances, etc., mm. etc., et have changed. And what they, the things that really excite them... <coughs> you, you, you know, they get really sort of frantic about the national flag having been put in the harbour or, or somebody's de defaced the national emblem. I mean, I'm not in favour of all of that, but come on, boys, you know... Is this, so, so how about this? I, I, I'm more interested in, in human life and injury to people, which I, I, I worry about when that happens. Absolutely. How about this, though? So one way and another, stuff's going to go down on that day. It I mean, will. There's no question, whatever. It, it you know, will. Whatever, it whatever. Will. I mean, it's a golden opportunity for various people. So it's going to be infuriating because Hong Kong is part of China. Lock, stock and barrel, except in this one little corner of China, we've already cancelled one of the celebrations, uh, uh, yeah. activities of a big, big deal. 70th anniversary. We are not allowed, we cannot have at least fireworks in our own country. And why is Boom. that? Because they distrust the people. See, the party of the people fears the people. I mean, this is, this is the old George Orwell thing, you know, but it's true. This is, they, this is they, how it they might be seen, They feel that, that if a lot of Hong Kong people, tens of thousands come together, they're not going to behave as they're supposed to behave. That's the bottom line. So why are we being told? I mean, purely hypothetically, we are being told, in, in effect, by some people in Hong Kong who we dislike intensely anyway, or disrespect, that they're, they're going to be allowed to screw with our party. 
and yet we're the bosses, so they shouldn't be allowed to screw yeah. with that part. And, and so and it so goes on. And so what happens? So that, that's, that is the question. What happens afterwards? Mm. I mean, will there be revenge? Will, will um, all sorts of terrible things happen? Will there be this long-awaited intervention of, of, of and what troops? Would, what would that be? <coughs> Well, that would be the end. Uh, I mean, that 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 that. But, I mean, people keep saying it's the end, it's the end. But you know, if if the streets of Hong Kong are occupied by troops of the People's Liberation Army or the or the Armed uh, People's Police, that so that negates the Hong Kong police totally and utterly. If well, that happens, they'll 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 be given a little supporting role or maybe a big supporting. But role. you know, Who the knows? big the big. But the fact is. The psychological and the physical impact of that will be so enormous. How enormous will it be on China? So you know the other stuff that's going around about well, it'll they'll annex themselves from the world in so many ways. Well, I think I think at the moment the mindset of the Chinese leadership is that that they are in the ascendancy. You know that you know things are really going in their direction. They've got this hapless president. In, in the United States waging a trade war in, in a sort of amazingly mercurial way. Yeah, but no, so, but yeah, but yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> you know, one week he wakes up and he goes, oh, I'll send out a tweet saying I'm putting more sanctions on day six. He goes, oh, um, uh. And he's given him a special offer of, yeah, like, an yeah, extension. Yeah. <laughs> buy, buy one extension, get two free. Today uh, day only. Yes. Um, you know, so, so they're thinking, they're dealing with this idiot in the White House... They've got this Belt and Road thing, which is sort of working. It's, it's, it's meeting an enormous amount of resistance now, but it's sort of working. Chinese um, naval ascendancy in the South China Sea is getting bigger by the day. A lot of the um, countries in, in, in Asia and Africa <coughs> are seen to be falling in line, however controversial the Chinese intervention is in these countries and however much local resentment there is. It's kind of working. It but that, is kind of working. These are all toys and stuff. This is all bread, well, I don't, bread no, I and circuses, more... Steve, because once it's been <coughs> people in the pocket... Well, I think it is a bit more than toys. I think that's the, the point. The money. It, 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 it is about money. I mean, there's yeah. vast sums of money it's being shuttled. It's about money. <laughs> Well, but it's also psychological. Yeah. I mean, this is the whole thing of, of the Chinese people have finally stood up, you know, that great thing that Mao Zedong said after the revolution, and have managed to become the world's second biggest economy have managed to become the dominant global player alongside the United teetering? States. Is it? Well, it's always, you know, it's like Rome. It, 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 it's there until it isn't. It's mm. there until it burns. I've got a challenge for you, Steve. <coughs> Go on. Once more, I'm going to say to our listeners, if you want to say hi to Steve or whatever, tell him about his shower curtains. Yeah. Morning Brew is our Facebook page. We're going to be there for a few more minutes. The challenge is something t totally different to wrap up with. Well, we have an we have an electronic mail from uh, Mike. Who, who this is a different subject. He says, like many others, I've supported Cathay Pacific for thirty years. Been a Marco Polo Club Diamond member for several years. He must fly a lot. They've just lost my support and patronage big time. What happened to freedom of thought and speech? What evidence do Cathay Pacific have that the crew broke a law or acted illegally? I hope that the cabin crew union cabin crew union mm -hmm. takes Cathay Pacific to court for wrongful dismissal. This will allow us to see if the courts support the right of freedom of thought and speech in Hong Kong. Uh, what Mike's talking about is these mass sackings of staff um, in Cathay who are 
according to Cathay, well, they're not calling Cathay because, of course, they won't really comment on this, but they've been sacked for things like posting support for the protests on um, social media, not as Cathay staff, but as individuals. Yeah. Now, this is immensely worrying. Oh, on their personal social on media pages. Personal, nothing, yes, that nothing that mentions nothing, the company. Nothing that mentions, but yeah. apparently they've been trawling the pages <clears throat> and getting staff members to stitch, snitch on each other saying, you know, blogs down the roads, written this, you better have a look at it. So you've got this vile atmosphere that's generated in Cathay. Cathay says that, that um, they're in a difficult position, which is true. I mean, you cannot deny this. Mm. Cathay have been monstered by mainland Chinese media for um, allegedly being too lenient towards people who, who support the protests. They've been, the, the, the chairman of Suarez, the parent group of Cathay, has been forced to crawl up to Beijing and read the riot act and, and you know, sack the... Uh, senior management of, of the airline, all of them now, all the senior management have been sacked and replaced. Um, I mean, the three leading members of the, the senior management have been sacked and replaced <coughs> and told that crew are going to be vetted um, before they're allowed to fly into Chinese airspace, etc., etc. I mean, this is a sign of things to come. In the mainland itself, Chinese companies are now subject to what are called these social audits. And this is nothing to do with their business. This is to do with their adherence to the line. Now, they say it's for social and environmental reasons. Yes, that is part of it. But it's also very clearly part of the political thing. Mm -hmm. So are we going to end up in Hong Kong where companies have that cater sitting in the room as you That's do me, by the way. That's why I'm here yeah. with you. Yeah. That's why I, I, thank I you, am, comrade. I am here. I, I, I cannot just say that yeah. I agree with everything you say before, any, before we well, say anything else. That's actually putting it. <laughs> that's actually putting it mildly. I know. But anyway, you know, sitting in a room and, and, and they make a decision, they all look at the comrade and he goes, you know, as, you know, the famous, the matrons of Rome with the gladiators, the th thumbs <laughs> up <laughs> or the thumbs down as to whether it's going to happen or not. Are we going to get that in Hong Kong? Yeah. I mean, Cathay now has to operate as a mainland politically ordered company. Thanks for your email, Mike. Always great to hear from you because I don't think you're living in Hong Kong. And if you are, welcome back. I'm going to wrap up with... Uh, can I, Have you ever been fluffed on air? God, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> Anton says, thank God for Steve Fines. It's like music to the ears. I'm just so utterly sick of the pro-establishment's infuriated collective cognitive dissonance. I don't watch the news anymore. <laughs> That's Anton. <laughs> Thank you, Anton. Take care, Steve. See you next week.